Welcome into the final first draft of the 2023 NFL draft process. I'm Field Yates, and I am joined, as always, by the two men who have earned the upcoming nap, maybe vacation they are going to take, Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay. Todd, how does it feel right now? You're, what, 48 hours removed from the conclusion of the draft. Have you caught your breath at all yet? Apparently, I'm the only one who's relaxed today. I mean, I can always rely on you, Field, to, to dress down with me and not be in suit and tie, and then you show up like this, look like, like an idiot fresh off a sports center, and I got Kuiper in his shirt and tie as well. What happened, guys? Did I not get the memo, or are you guys just going against, yeah. going against the grain here? Yeah, we're, we're trying to make you feel a certain way, right, right, right well? Yeah, Todd took the day off while we have to do NFL Live coming up, right, Field? That's exactly right, Mel. You and I will be talking about the draft more 4 p.m. Eastern time for those that are watching this stream live right now. Today is our draft grade show, so there is a ton to get into. Obviously, 32 teams, 32 drafts. Here's what we're going to do. It is It's not necessarily going to be in a specific order. We wanted to hit some of the teams that had more notable weekends at the very top, though. So kind of go back and forth here. Mel, I arbitrarily pick, arbitrarily pick you first, so... We'll start with the Philadelphia Eagles, who on top of everything they did in the draft, added DeAndre Swift from the Lions in a trade that included a fourth-round pick next year going to Detroit. Your thoughts on what Philadelphia did this weekend? I thought they had the best draft for Field and Todd. And, you know, it started out with Jalen Carter, which sliding down to nine. We thought he would go between five and ten. He chronicled that all along. Then Bowman Smith, though, uh, you know, think about the 12th best player getting him at 30 outside linebacker from Georgia. And then the, you get in the third round, and you got, I think a guy could be one of the better guards coming out of this draft after Peter Skaronsky and Osiris Torrance is Tyler Steams, left tackle at Vanderbilt in Alabama. Projects inside there. She could be a, a hole filler. Sidney Brown, a, a third-round safety. I mean, I, I like some other guys, like like Juan Martin at Illinois, and, and I thought the Jair Brown at Penn State, uh, Riley Moss at Iowa, but Sidney Brown drops the pick 66. And Keely Ringo, guys, we had had him in first, second round, guaranteed almost. And he drops in a fourth-round pick, 105. He can learn from those veteran quarterbacks they had there in Slay and Bradbury. And then Tanner McKee in the sixth round, not bad uh, at all. He didn't have a lot of help there at Stanford this year. He certainly has a size. The NFL army comes from a pro-style attack. And then Ojomo from, from Texas in the seventh. So I gave it an A grade. I mean, they hit everything. It worked out beautifully. Uh, of all the players, I thought value-wise, Todd and Field, they had the best draft from that standpoint, just that every player was taken at a bargain point as to where we thought they would go and where they were rated. So I, I love what the Eagles did. As I said this morning, Rich got richer. Anything to add, Todd? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, Jalen Carter is the critical pick here, right? Because they, they, they need an interior dominant defensive lineman, and that's what they have in Carter. But, but getting him in a place with so much veteran leadership – Knowing that Carter's going to every day have to go into the defensive line room and, and face Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and knowing that there are three other guys on that defense that were with Georgia Bulldogs with him and won a national championship with him. Knowing every day he's got to go up against Kelsey one-on-one in practice. Mm. The accountability that he will be held to is critical because he's not a self-starter. We know about his practice habits. We know that that was the biggest issue coming in in terms of his football character. Let's face it, Jalen Carter was the most talented player in this draft. And yes, you can say three of the top four picks were quarterbacks, but he didn't get picked in one of those top four picks. He didn't get picked at five, six, seven, eight, and fell all the way to nine. And so Philadelphia knew what it was doing in terms of the veteran leadership it had to bring in Carter. And, and to me, it makes all the sense, more sense in Philadelphia than probably any other team in the league 
with Jalen Carter because if it's if it's not going to work in Philly, it just wouldn't have. It's not going to work in the NFL. Period. So I love that pick, Nolan Smith. Listen, they had four guys with 10, 10 plus sacks as pass rushers last year. But but I mentioned Cox and and, um, and Graham. They're they're not getting any younger. And just another pass rusher and a guy in Nolan Smith. You can play him off the ball. I'm two hundred and thirty eight pounds, running a four three nine. He can play some off the ball. You can put him off the edge and rush him as a, a first-year player and an obvious uh, passing down. So he's a situational player at first who will continue to see his role increase as he gets bigger and stronger. But he brings toughness. He brings leadership. He brings that bulldog, nasty edge to that defense. I mean, as Mel said, the rich got richer. It started with those two bulldogs. But the, in Steen, they got a starting guard. And, and beyond that, with, uh, with Brown at safety, they got a player who eventually will be a kind of in-the-box type of starter as well. So this was a huge haul for Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. And they earned an A, as Mel mentioned, on his grades piece, which is now available on ESPN.com. Let's go to the Seahawks, Todd, and you're up here. They had the fifth and the 20th pick entering the first round, and they did some work throughout the weekend. Yeah, they sure did. And I, listen, I, outside of Philadelphia, I thought they had the best draft of any team in the, in the league, and we'll see how it plays out. Remember a year ago, John Schneider, the general manager, it was all about putting together high-character guys that love ball. And they got five starters, I believe it was, all the way down to Tariq Woolen in the fifth round, who was almost defensive rookie of the year. Um, And so you look at this year, they come in, they get another cornerback in Devin Witherspoon, who fits what they want to do. Press corner, great toughness. We've said all along, he's like a linebacker in a cornerback body. Number one cornerback they get, then they get the number one wide receiver. Can you imagine? You got DK Metcalf. Tyler Lockett on, on, on the outside taking attention away from Jackson Smith and Jigba at Ohio State. Those, uh, that fit is perfect, and it's a lot like what Smith and Jigba had to deal with a couple of years ago when he was so productive, the most productive of the Ohio State receivers when he had two first-rounders working on the outside, right? So he's right at home. He Remember Chris Olave. Remember uh, Garrett Wilson, who was the Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. Those guys took away all of the attention on the on the perimeter for Jackson Smith and Jigba to work the middle. That's exactly what Lockett and Metcalf are going to do in Seattle. I love this pick. And then even beyond Smith and Jigba, you've got Derek Hall, the, the edge rusher, who's going to come in and bring a lot of toughness and tenacity to this defense. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is going to take a lot of carries off of Kenneth Walker, the third, who had a great rookie year but was dinged up a little bit. That will help keep him healthy for 17 games. And then Anthony Bradford, the the offensive lineman, I think he could be a day one starter. So they got another at least three, maybe four starters from this group. Now we're talking about a two-year span. Remember going into the 2022 draft, we were saying, boy, Seattle is a wreck. They have to completely rebuild this thing. Well, now after two drafts, you're looking at maybe eight, nine starters from those two classes. And this organization is off and running again. Yeah, I'll say this, Todd, and and Field, if if there's going to be a challenger to the Eagles, everybody's looking at the Lions and the 49ers, and the Lions can step up and maybe uh, do some great things this year if not making the playoffs this past year. Uh, But in the Niners, you have to respect with Seattle. I'm with you. I think their run defense is the only thing I was talking about the entire first day and second day. The the run defense has got to get better. It was horrible last day. They added Draymond Jones. This kid Cameron Young from Mississippi State, that's his forte. He's He's not a pass rusher. So they need him, Derek Hall, obviously, to help out. The run defense is going to dictate whether this team is going to do some things, do some damage. They got to the playoffs last year. They do damage once they're in and build on what they had last year. And certainly offensively, they put in place things for Geno. But if the defense gets better stopping a run, which it 
could, with Draymond Jones and Derek Hall and particularly Cameron Young as well coming in, then this is a team can can maybe be a Super Bowl contender. Let's go to the Arizona Cardinals next year, Mel. And by the way, was the Seahawks another A grade for you, Mel, or no? And they were solid A. Seahawks solid were a solid A, a grade. Right. They still so, had the two highest grades. Yeah. We're starting at the top here with these grades. Let's go to Arizona. And, Mel, you'll start here. Uh, also, give us a grade. And don't forget with this Arizona draft, of course, a big part of it is the pick they acquired in 2024. Is they now own the Texans 2024 first-round pick. Exactly. I factored all that in. You feel that's a great point because they could have gotten a B plus, A, A minus, whatever. But give them a B plus to get Houston's one and three to get Tennessee's three as well. So Paris uh, Johnson Jr. was talking that they could take him at three if they were stuck. So, again, this is a guy who played left tackle, played right guard. Uh, this is offensive. That's a team trying to build their program back up with high-character guys. And Paris Johnson Jr. is that B.J. Ojolari in the second round, pass rusher out of LSU. Uh, and they get they, they can be patient with Garrett Williams because this isn't a Super Bowl or necessarily a playoff-caliber team. They're trying to just build their program back up. And Garrett Williams coming off the injury is going to have to wait a little bit. But he could be ready at some point this year, and have a cornerback from Syracuse. And Michael Wilson, stay healthy. That was his issue at Stanford. And then they got the, the John Gaines second out of UCLA who moved up through the process. I like Clayton Toon, the quarterback out of Houston. 24 years of age, got 40 starts, the veteran, he can beat you with his legs on quarterback draws, he's a good athlete, uh, yeah, click the tune in the, in the fifth round, not bad at all, and Owen Papo can fly to the football, who should be a great special teamer, and Keetrell Clark and Dante still, so all these guys are making a team, Todd, I think every one of these draft choices is going to play a part on this football team moving forward, so uh, as long as they can keep, like I say, uh, Will Williams healthy, get him back to health, full health, and then Michael Wilson stay healthy at wide receiver, uh, this could be, when we look back on it, a good foundation draft to get this Arizona Cardinals program headed in the right direction. A-minus is the grade there, Todd, by the way. Yeah, they always say luck is when opportunity meets preparation, right? Well, yeah. Arizona was prepared for this. They realized that they are rebuilding. This is not about 2023, maybe not even 2024. This is about the future. The opportunity showed up when the first two picks off the board were, were quarterbacks, realistically, though, when Houston was on the board, they knew they wanted Will Anderson. They knew they wanted C.J. Stroud. And Tennessee was also there trying to move up to that number three spot with Arizona. So there was a war behind the scenes, and they were able to take advantage of the of the desperation, if you will, or the need by, by both of those AFC South teams trying to move up to number three. And they got a great deal to move out of three and back to 12 with Houston and then eventually move back up to go get their offensive tackle. So they ha- they managed the opportunity that they got extremely well. And now you talked about the picks next year. Listen to this. Projected right now, and they could get more compensatories, but projected right now, they have 11 picks in 2024. They have uh, six picks in the first three rounds, including two first-round picks. And I just got the – I'm getting ready for this, this wonderful way-too-early mock draft that I love doing. <laughs> it's coming out on Thursday. I just got the power rankings, Mel. You ready? With Houston yeah. and Arizona, if it plays out this way, I'm not saying it's going to. But right now, the power rankings have it in reverse order that Arizona would have the first two picks of the 2024 wow. NFL draft. If they don't have to go quarterback, shoot. They could wind up trading one or both of those picks for teams trying to come up and get Caleb Williams. Like Washington sitting there, I think, at five or six and – um, and there's another team in the mix as well. So they could wind up moving one or two of those picks to move back just a few spots and, and wind up getting another haul for next, next year's draft or 2025. So they have a lot of maneuverability and a lot of draft capital 
with which to work. And that's what you have to do if you're trying to rebuild an organization. Let's go to the Giants here next, Todd. And uh, they had a draft that I felt like at the top was basically marrying the needs they had with the value on the board that seemed like they kind of picked guys where they were supposed to go. I, mean, I, I like the pick of Deontay Banks where, where they got him. And, and Banks, I had heard maybe, you know, a few days before the draft, he may go in the top 20. He's sitting there at 24. Cornerback was a need. He's got the, the speed that you look for. He's got to improve when the ball, when he's got his back to the quarterback and the ball's in the air. But other than that, he's a big, long, physical corner with great speed. Then John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, just plug him in. Ten-year starter. Like that, the Giants got their starter in round two at pick 57. And then Jalen Hyatt fell a little bit. I I didn't like Hyatt as much as a lot of other people. I had him about four or five wide receivers down the list compared to some other people I saw. But still to get Hyatt in that speed. In the third round, when you've got Daniel Jones now locked into another five years, I thought that was a great find. So Again, sometimes luck is just about being presented an opportunity, and the Giants sat there in the third round and got a burner in Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, they hit every need. That's the thing. They hit every need with the first three picks. Corner, center, wide receiver. I'm with you on Hyatt. He's got to get some some more beef. He's got to get stronger. He's got to add some, some weight to that frame. Uh, and obviously adapt to NFL concepts. But I think Eric Gray could be a really nice pick here in the fifth round, Todd, to, to give Saquon a little bit of a, of a quality backup, take some carries away from Saquon, keep him fresh in the fourth quarter. Eric Gray is a nice running back coming out of that Oklahoma program. And Owens out of Houston in the seventh round, I think, makes that football team. So I gave an A- minus grade. Uh, they in Arizona, like I said, Arizona could have gotten an A. If you really wanted to push it there with what was going on, I, I gave him like a B plus and jumped it to an A minus. So I'm with the Giants at an A minus. I got a solid draft overall. All right, that is the last of our A or A minus grades. What we're going to do now is go one analyst per team going forward. We move from the Giants to the Ravens, and Mel, we'll let you have the hometown team. Uh, how about the Ravens draft? What'd you make of it? I love Zay Flowers. Todd loves Zay Flowers. Uh, they always say flowers smell awful good, particularly when they're in the end zone, and Zay puts it in the end zone a lot with Lamar Jackson and. Uh, Lamar's happy now. He's thrilled to have Zay. Uh, I mean, you got a lot of talent coming to this program now. It's, it was a cap. It was a team-friendly deal, so they have room now to add pieces back into this program, and this roster will get stronger between now and August. So Zay Flowers, outstanding player. I mean, what, what can he do? Uh, then to get Trenton Simpson in the third round, a guy can run four four two at two hundred thirty five pounds to play inside and outside. He's a great kid. This is a kid who just became a linebacker and ended his high school career. He hadn't played a lot of linebacker, so instinctively he's going to keep getting better as he learns more about how to play the position. And they moved him around at Clemson, so that kid's going. And he's a sponge. He's a, he had a, he won the best interviews of any player at the combine. Everybody told me so. Love Trenton Simpson there. Tavius Robinson was one of Todd's guys who coming off the edge of Miss kept getting better and better. Ty Blue Kelly, son of Brian Kelly, a uh, nice fifth-round pick. Big kid out of Oregon could, could help on the offensive line down the road. And, they, hey, they feel like Andrew Voorhees would have been a third-round pick. And they got into the seventh, got him. They can redshirt him medically this year coming off the injury. And they think they will have a starter in 2024 at a guard position. So, overall, I'm, hey, I didn't want to give him an A and Katadi Yacht made up a homer, so I gave him a solid B-plus grade. All right, B-plus for the Baltimore Ravens. Todd, we go to the Bears next, who also part of this draft equation is the fact that they traded the number one overall pick, moved down to number nine, got a bunch of extra picks, plus D.J. Moore. What do you think about their draft overall? Well, let me first of all say that Mel is so beloved in Baltimore that I actually got a text from GM Eric DaCosta on draft day, the third day, saying, Thank you for giving love to our guy, Mel Kuyper. We, we really appreciate it here. So you are loved there in Baltimore, Mel, as you well know. 
Now, Chicago. Chi- Chicago. I, I actually, one of the head scratchers in the draft for me was the pick at 10 for Chicago. They moved down from 9 to 10. They took the offensive tackle in Darnell Wright from Tennessee. First of all, I thought in Matt Eberflus's defense would have been a perfect fit for Jalen Carter to come in and be that dominant presence. But I understand with the character, football character things we talked about, why that wasn't the pick. I had I had Wright going a little bit later in the draft. But beyond that, I really liked what they did. Javon Dexter is an impact interior defensive lineman. And they talk about that three technique. They addressed it two times with the next three picks. Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens, who is the number one recruit coming out, if you remember back to high school, he very talented player. I think he needs some coaching up. But now you've got two options there in the interior defensive line, which I mentioned. And Eberflus's defense is so critical. Tyreek Stevenson, the cornerback, I think I was higher on him than most. And I thought where he went at 56 overall was right about where he belonged to go. I think he's got a real, really good chance to be a solid starting corner in the league. Roshan Johnson, never going to be a star, but he's a great role player. He's a backup running back, former you know, big-time high school quarterback recruit who transitioned to running back at Texas, was the special teams player of the year a couple years in a row. He was an outstanding leader. And you're a, you're a player with the star on the team in Bijan Robinson. And the true leader of that team was Roshan Johnson. So you know what you're getting in terms of character, toughness, and willingness to put team above me. And I love that about Roshan. So they got a bunch of good players. Darnell Wright's going to be the key. They need a dominant right tackle. That's what he can be. Keeping him, his weight in check, keeping the, 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 you know, the motivation there, the consistency there is going to be what they have to work, work on for the next few years. But if they get him to play the level that he played in, in 2022 and at the senior bowl, they're going to get a great right tackle. And let's face it with Justin Fields, you've got to be able to run the football effectively and he should help upgrade in that regard. All right, Mel, we go to the uh, state of Ohio where we have two players back-to-back, two teams back-to-back. By the way, the uh, Bears got a B-plus from Mel in his exercise. Let's go to the Bengals, Mel, who they made eight total picks, including their own seven selections. The Bengals usually keep it right down the middle of the fairway. What would you make of their draft? Yeah, I thought they had a B-plus. That's why I get a B-plus grade on them. I mean, keep in mind, this was not a good draft. And if you get a B-plus grade, you have to you know, look at it. Nobody had a bad draft. So everybody got did a pretty good job but in, a, in a bad draft year. Next year will be a 1,000% better. But Miles Murphy, pass rusher, they need outside pass rusher. They didn't get enough of that. Murphy will be a guy that I think can get better in the NFL. He showed flashes of brilliance at times. We thought he'd be a star. I thought at one point he'd be a top 10 pick. He never really got to that level and, and maintained it. Uh, DJ Turner ran that great 40. I mean, he, he fits in really well with defense. You think about the AFC, all the great quarterbacks. you got to cover multiple options in the passing game. You can't have one, two, you need three or four. And DJ Turner can get it done in coverage. Jordan Battle, Nick Saban loved. He's kind of like a Roman Harper type. Our guy from the SEC Network who was kind of that guy at Alabama as well. Love Charlie Jones. As a return man, Joe Burrow's going to love his kid. He's, he's, he's open. All he does is find a way to get open, catch the football, the upset in the return game. Chase Brown out in Illinois will, will give him a, a nice back. Yasavash from Princeton. I told Todd, watched him on Friday nights in Ivy League football. Gets your attention. Can he adjust to the NFL level? We'll see. Robbins is a great directional punter with good hang time. Uh, I have no issue with this draft at all, Todd. I don't know if you do quickly, but I thought it was a solid. Uh, I say solid for the fifth time because this was a really good draft for the Bengals. Any issue with that one, Tyler? All good on the uh, the Bengals. All good. Like I, yeah. I agree with them yeah. across the board. Right. I mean, I, what what I what I see is a consistent theme there. 
players who have played a lot of ball and are ready to come in and contribute right away, starting with Murphy and Turner in the beginning. Jordan Battle is battle-tested. You know, uh, pardon the pardon the um, the pun there, but but also Charlie Jones played. A, he played, I think, six seasons in Buffalo, yeah. uh, Iowa, then Purdue, and finally broke out this last year. But he was a special teams maven and and workhorse throughout his career. So you got a bunch of players coming in that are ready to play at the next level. You know, the, the Bengals tend to have a familiar cadence to their draft. They have the smallest scouting department in the league by far. They often draft players from Power 5 schools who have played in a ton of high-leverage yep, games, yep. and this year was certainly no exception. You see Clemson, Michigan, Alabama, Purdue, Illinois, Princeton being the exception, plus Michigan and Miami. Let's go back to the state of Ohio, uh, Todd. Let's go to the Browns, who do not have a pick until 74 overall because of various trades. Yeah. Of course, the Deshaun Watson trade. What would you make of this draft? I really liked what they did. I mean, they, they were handcuffed a little bit, right? You're not picking until, until 74 overall. But Cedric Tillman, you got to understand, I was talking to scouts in October before the lingering injury he had kind of affected his draft stock. Cedric Tillman, two different scouts I talked to, and I had a similar grade late first round. Now they get him at 74 because of an injury that yeah, would, would linger, but it, it's not going to cost him in the future. So Cedric Tillman's a big physical receiver in a receiving class that mostly had 5'7 to 5'11 guys that project as slots in the NFL. He can play in the slot. He can play outside wide. Great on contested catches. I think Tillman's going to wind up being a real value for them. And you can move on. Siaka Ika from uh, Baylor is a really strong run stuffer. Different character kind of guy. Kind of a different cat. But he's really good versus the young. Can be Versus the run. He can be a guy that's going to just clog holes and be in there kind of first down, some second down situation. Can help take some, some double teams on and, and allow other guys to to play on the perimeter one-on-one. And then Dewan Jones, you get him again, fourth round, and a, a guy who's probably a second-round talent. There's concerns. Can he continue? You know, can he motivate himself? Can he be motivated and coached? What are you getting in terms of, like, love for the game and willing to work and all that stuff? But his tape is really good, and his talent is off the charts. I mean, I, the largest wingspan I think we've ever seen at the Combine, longest or second-longest wingspan, He's a massive man. He's a mauler at right tackle, and he moves really well for his size. Emphasis on for his size. Uh, and then Isaiah McGuire is a guy that we talked about potentially, you know, late third round range going somewhere in the, uh, in the fourth round. And a player who can come in, and I'm not saying he's ever going to be a starter, but coming out of Missouri, he's shown enough where he can be in a rotation and help the depth of that, that defensive front for, uh, for Cleveland. So I liked what they did really, really throughout the draft, all the way down to Luke Whipler. I mean, Luke Whipler, they get him, I'm looking right, pick 190 overall. Luke Whipler could develop as a starting center in the National Football League. And so to, to give yourself an opportunity to bring someone in, probably as a backup as a rookie, but honestly, according to my grade and my write-up, I think he's got a chance to be a starter in the league. That's pretty good scouting late, late in this draft. Both Ohio teams, including the Browns, get a B-plus from Mel. Let's go to Green Bay. And Mel, not just power in numbers as a theme for the Packers, but also a bunch of pass catchers for now new quarterback Jordan Love. Yeah, I, I feel entirely did not forget about Jordan Love at all. After the first round, going defense with Lucas Van Ness. That's Todd's guy. 13th pick. We'll see what he can do. Without get the after quarterback in a variety of, of areas on the field. Inside, outside, up, down, around. Uh, his best football seems to be ahead. He tested great. I don't think he always played up to the level of those test numbers. But here's a guy 
if you think about where's he going to be a couple years from now, hopefully he's a double-digit sack guy for them. Luke Musgrave can run. You can move him outside wide. The hands are obviously there. He didn't have a lot of production, though. That was the thing. Lack of production. He had the injury miss mostly all of this past season. Jaden Reed, that's an old-tied guy. Uh, we love that. The senior bowl coming out of Michigan State. Uh, Tucker Kraft, I like the South Dakota State. Unfortunately, got hurt in that first game against Iowa. Came back from it. But, hey, he showed at South Dakota State when they would feature him. He was getting eight, ten catches a game. Had five against Colorado State two years ago. Colby Wooden could be a three technique, could play a variety of roles as a key backup. I don't get the Sean Clifford in the fifth round, but hey, they'll take a chance on a Penn State quarterback and say, hey, beat out Will Levis. We now that going to show Burrow left, left Ohio State to go down, down to LSU. You know, was a, who was the quarterback? Jake Fromm was there when Justin Fields beat him out. Fields had to go to Ohio State. So don't care about any of that stuff. But, um, Hey, hope Clifford makes us a backup there. Love the Carl Brooks and Wicks pick. Wicks in the fifth round, the wide receiver was size and length. And then Carl Brooks out of Bowling Green, not invited to the combine. He's steal him. He's got scheme versatility. Carrington Valentine, who was on my big, the top five uh, best available for about an hour and a half, finally went to the seventh <laughs> round. Uh, and Anthony Johnson Jr., I like him. Former cornerbacks turned safety. I like that because you got to cover in this league. Safeties, though, of the old days are over. Uh, so Dubose made some plays in Charlotte. They got a lot of guys that are going to make. I, I'd be shocked if every one of these picks, but maybe one, doesn't make that football team, or two at the most. So uh, they got a lot of guys on this team that three, four years from now you're going to be hearing a lot about. All right, Todd, time for you to play a home game. The Patriots uh, play in the state that, of course, you live in, uh, and Patriots had pick 14 and turned it into pick 17 with Christian Gonzalez. That starts us off with the Patriots analysis. Yeah, this is a classic Bill Belichick draft, right? First of all, let's make a trade out of 14. Stick it to the Jets, potentially, if the Jets were going to take the offensive tackle, Broderick Jones, out of Georgia. Move back to 17, get the same guy we were going to get at 14 in Christian Gonzalez. And, oh, by the way, make sure that Pittsburgh's moving up for that tackle. So it was like a two-for-one deal there. And Gonzalez, the traitsiest corner in the draft, we both thought, Mel, that he was going to be a top-ten pick. So you got to put a, a, right away a starter, I believe, at, at, at cornerback. Keon White, versatile defensive lineman, 280-plus pounds, got the length, got the speed, still developing as a player, but I think versatility is critical there. Marte Mapu from the, comes in at the linebacker position, exceptional uh, week of practice at the Senior Bowl. He's going to be a special teams maven right away and could be a, a starter and certainly a situational player. I just loved his toughness. This is a guy, didn't get the initial invite, Rolls into town from from um, what was it, Sacramento State, and no one really kind of thought much about it. All of a sudden, he's leading the drills for linebackers, chasing sideline to sideline, standing up bigger offensive linemen as an undersized linebacker, and was really good in coverage drills. I, again, special teams stand out, and a player that kind of wasn't on everyone's radar early in the process, but has become a player that everyone respects because of what he did in the Senior Bowl. Then a couple other things. I know you, you, you say, well, Bill's getting up there in age. He's taking a kicker and a punter in the draft. Yeah, but he upgraded both. They're going to have starting kicker and punter from this draft, and it's critical to have in those positions. Plus, offensive line was a need. They needed versatile guys. The Jake Andrews can play center and guard. A lot of experience in both those spots coming out of Troy. Chad Riley uh, – sorry, Chad. Um, who the next – oh, uh, City Sal. Guard and tackle coming out of Eastern Michigan. Extremely talented. He killed the combine this year. And Antonio Maffi, talking to Chip Kelly at UCLA, he said, listen, I, you know, John Gaines is probably going to go earlier. He's more established. I'm telling you, the guy with the higher upside is, 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 um, is Maffi here. 
He was a defensive tackle. We moved over, only got one full year, really, of starting experience. And I know Bill and Chip have a great relationship. I'm sure that that came with a lot of confidence from Chip Kelly. And he's a guy I think in year two will probably be a starter for the Patriots. B-plus there for the Patriots on Mel's draft grades. Let's move down a little bit here in the draft grading, Mel. Let's go to the Titans because, of course, they had an interesting night, an eventful night on night two. But let's start from uh, the very beginning. Peter Skaronsky leads the way. For the new regime under uh, GM Rand Carthon in Tennessee. I tell you, you could have flipped the script here and said, okay, Will Levis in the first, and then get a guard like Steve Avila in the second. They went Skaronsky. There we go. So either way, you're fine. I mean, you're, you get the quarterback, you get the offensive guard, whether it'll be a tackle or not, we'll see. Peter Skaronsky at 6'3 and a half with short arms. Can he be a left tackle? David Ojabo gave him trouble two years ago, so length will be an issue in the NFL. He may end up being a guard. Either way, he's going to be a key guy for Will Levis. And that's the thing. Will Levis, if he's a starter in two years, which you think he will be, then yeah, Ty J. Spears, as long as his knee holds up in the third round, great running back out of Tulane, had an amazing year. Josh Wiley, that Mike Vrabel, Luke Fickle were the two uh, defense on the D line at Ohio State together, right? Well, yep, they're together, friends. Well, I'm sure that's what they thought that Bill Belichick and Chip Kelly had something to do maybe with Cincinnati. Josh Wiley going to the Titans as an H back. And Jalen Duncan, I watched him at Maryland. He's got talent, he's got to be more consistent. Uh, with, uh, yeah, with his technique, with his focus. So if he can do that, sixth-round pick makes sense. So I, I thought this all revolves around this is either going to be a really good trend or one we look back on and say the quarterback was not getting it done at the high level. So uh, I'm, I'm betting on Will Levis. They're getting betting on Will Levis. again with the 33rd pick when I – who's number four on my board? All right, Tyler, let's go to the uh, Buffalo Bills. <laughs> a B-grade for Mel there and a very small draft for Buffalo. Only six total picks – two of which came in the seventh round. Yeah, I liked what they did. They kind of waited, held back, and then all of a sudden they, they pounced. They saw where Dalton Kincaid was, was still available, the top tight end. We all thought he could go as high as maybe 13 to the Green Bay Packers. You got to remember, this isn't just a tight end. This is a slot receiver. This is a position that they've struggled to kind of get an impact guy. Now Dalton Kincaid basically becomes a, a flexed-out slot receiver at his size. The best vertical route runner and, and, and down-the-field pass catcher in this tight end class. A guy with great hands and a guy who's really good after the catch. So Dalton Kincaid makes a lot of sense there. Uh, Osiris Torrens coming in from, from Louisiana in this, in this past year at Florida. Yep. He didn't give up a sack. He's overpowering in the run game. Fits perfectly with what the Bills want to do. They need to run the football better, and Osiris Torrance is their, their second pick is going to help them do that. Then even beyond that, Dorian Williams, not great stack and shed guy, but who is coming out of college anymore, a linebacker? But he's really instinctive, and he's got really good range and can cover. And then finally, uh, Justin Shorter, who they got in the fifth round. Big receiver, very athletic for his size, had a lot of drops. That's going to be the big key. He's got to improve upon that. But another guy that they can bring in, depth at wide receiver, and, and maybe he makes the team as a number, probably a number five receiver uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Carolina gets a B from you as well, Mel. And they had just five selections, of course. Mm-hmm. Much of that is impacted by the fact that they had to trade up to get Bryce Young. How did this team do this year? Well, 2024 first goes to Chicago. But Bryce, hey, yeah, if we were a little bit bigger, we'd probably be talking, as we said, of generational talent. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, big receiver, will help out Bryce Young. Bryce Young, me, when you talk about how quickly they can get him involved as a star, probably right away. They got Andy Dalton there. You got a great infrastructure around the quarterback. Drafted Ikea Kwanu last year. 
drafted uh, this year Chandler Zavala in the uh, fourth round of guard out of NC State. We got the NC State former teammates yeah. there, or at least we're together that uh, will be together coming moving forward out of that same program. Jonathan Mingo, uh, we talked a lot about him for his size. The way he gets those contested balls. He ran really well, uh, certainly at Ole Miss. Uh, you talk about a guy coming in, could be a projected starter. Adam Field will be there to show him the way. And then uh, you think about Jamie Robinson, a kid all he did was make plays in Florida State and that defensive secondary. So you give them a B. They got they gave up the 2024 first to Chicago. This this draft is all obviously about Bryce Young. And but the like I say, the when I talk infrastructure around the quarterback, head coach, coordinator, Josh McCown. Jim Caldwell, everybody there. And by the way, DJ Johnson, the outside backer defensive end from Oregon. I, I didn't have him quite this high, but they reached a little bit. The talent's there. Will the production be there in terms of sacks moving forward? We'll see. All right, let's move down to a team, Todd, that I thought was probably the most discussed following the first night of the NFL draft. It was the Detroit Lions, mm-hmm. uh, and it was not so much the players they took, but where they took them. What did you make of the entirety of the Lions draft? Well, the first of two picks in the first round, they took Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama, and everyone was up in arms, right? But Bijan Robinson went eight. And I've been talking to teams, there was a pretty decent chance Jameer Gibbs from Alabama is not lasting to 18. They did the right thing. They want a difference maker. They wanted to add a guy that can really take their offense to the next level, which was really good a year ago, but they want to go next level with this thing. I love Jameer Gibbs, and I think now in that rotation that they have, with the depth that they have at running back, they can utilize him properly. I'm talking about 15, 17 touches per game. Maybe it's 12 or so carries. And then move him in the slot, get him involved in the passing game. This guy is maybe the most dynamic athlete in the entire draft class. Let's put it that way. His ability to make guys miss in small spaces is remarkable. Jack Campbell, like the player, it was a reach. We'll just call it what it is. Brad Holmes, I, you know, I get what they wanted to do. It was a position of need. Jack Campbell's a really good player. He's long. He's fast on a straight line. He's a powerful hitter. He's a leader. He's a tough guy. All those things. But you pick it to 34, you could have gotten him there. But the other part of it is they still they got Sam Laporta, who I think was one of the two or three best or three or four best tight ends in this year's draft class. A guy who will help him get down the seam, help after the catch as well. Sam Laporta is a really good athlete. He'll, he'll give effort as a blocker, as a move blocker, but mostly what he's going to do is this. He's going to create after the catch. Not many tight ends in this class create yards after catch like Sam Laporta. So I like that addition. And then beyond that, they got the best safety in the draft to pick 45 overall, Brian Branch, coming out of Alabama. Nickel, who can play corner. He can play free safety if you need him to. Brian Branch is a Darn good football player who ran a 4-5-8, so he lasted as long as he did, but he plays like a 4-4-4 type of guy. So I, I, I love their draft there. Hendon Hooker, great pick in the third round. Bring him in, no pressure. You let him sit for a year. Behind Jerry Goff, you got it now a year to figure out, can, is Goff going to be the guy moving forward? Do we want to pay 50-something million dollars a year? Or did we draft the future in a replacement for Goff who's going to allow us to play at the level we did offensively a year ago? without having to pay 50-something million. Maybe we pay a couple million a year you know, instead and be able to fill out our roster with free agents and be able to use early-round draft picks on other positions and trying to trade up and get a quarterback. So this is a great spot. I was surprised that Hooker fell to them and picked 68 overall in the third round. But, uh, but Hooker could be the guy long-term. And when you say a third-round pick and maybe the future at your quarterback position – 
that could be critical for this organization for the next 10 years. Yeah, two quick thoughts here, Todd. One would be that if you just look at the entire hall of the Lions draft, especially those first five picks, I think everybody would say we like those players a lot and they do fill needs. Second of all, it's really easy for us on the outside to say like, oh, they could have moved back from 12 to 14 or 16 and maybe still gotten Jameer Gibbs. A lot more difficult when you're enamored by the player and you're thinking about the opportunity cost of losing out on the one guy in this draft who feels a very specific need that you feel you have. So I'm actually... And don't fit, don't forget, too, they, they had already moved back, right, to 12. And so they got additional picks. And they did so because, you got to remember, Devin Witherspoon was a the guy they wanted at six. So it's not often that the guy gets plucked right ahead of you at Seattle. And then you're sitting there at six, and then you get an opportunity to move back the way that they did. So it worked out well for Detroit. I still like the Gibbs pick at 12. They already had moved back at that spot and they loved them. It's just, the Campbell's the one, the Campbell pick is the one that I would disagree with. But when you look at the entire haul, including the additional draft capital they got, I thought they did a great job. Yeah. And I'll just say just last, just like, you know, when a team really wants a player, sometimes I'm okay with it. Like if you just got to do whatever you got to do, I'm not trying to make this a uh, Niners yep. taking a kicker in the third round conversation, but even that was an example where I'm thinking to myself, if it's your biggest need or one of them, and you got to get the best player in the draft yeah. in that position, I'm more okay with it than most might be. All right, let's talk about the Texans here, uh, Mel, because speaking of a team that did what it had to take to get the player they wanted, Houston drafts second and third overall, Lance, C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Take it away. Yeah, when you can't decide on them, just take both, right? right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, like the C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson Jr. So you get the cornerstone pieces on both sides of the ball. And, hey, C.J. Stroud, the youngest quarterback of all the big five. He's only 21 years of age. Will Anderson Jr. are one of the greatest leaders, one of the greatest young men you'll ever come across. Uh, yeah, that's a nice start to your, your draft. And Juice Struggs, I went off script with Juice. I thought it would be a fourth-round pick. He goes in the second round. He can play guard or center. Uh, Tank Dell went off script with Tank Dell. Thought he'd be a third. He did go in the third. That's a heck of a pick. He's also a great return man as well. Dylan Horton can get some edge pressure. Henry Toto is a great leader as well, along with Anderson. That uh, sets that tone. Boy, smart guy. Uh, Jared Patterson, center guard, backup type there. Xavier Hutchinson, good, good, solid, productive, you know, Big 12 receiver at Iowa State. Dropped further than I think some teams thought he would. Brandon Hill can run. Pat Narduzzi had some good things to say about this kid. Why was it hit? He dropped to the seventh round. So, uh, you know, to me, you know, again, when you can get your number one guys on both sides of the ball, your key guys, your quarterback pass rusher, that's what it's all about. And if Will Anderson Jr. exceeds 10 sacks, that's a home, a home run. If he gets to 12 to 14, it's a grand slam. He's probably going to get 8 to 10 automatic. Aiden Hutchinson had nine hit. We're all sitting here saying what a great rookie year Aiden Hutchinson had. So, for Houston, I commend them. Uh, they did what they had to do. Everybody was saying, ah, you know, who's Houston going to do? The quarterbacks, you know, go, they, well, yeah, great. it's great to get the number one guy. They're not going to take Shroud at number two. They took Shroud at number two, and they also got Will Anderson Jr. So they did give up something to get there. But overall, uh, their, their organization in that conference needed the quarterback, and they got him. All right, Todd, let's go to the other team in that division that drafted a quarterback in the first round, a B for the Houston Texans and also a B for the Indianapolis Colts, who landed Anthony Richardson, the most compelling quarterback prospect in this year's class. Yeah, it was a surprise for a lot of us that, that you know took the bait and heard all the Will Levis conversation leading up, but it makes all the sense in the world. Why? Because you've got Shane Steichen, who's worked intimately the past couple of years with Jalen Hurts and really helped his development. And that's going to be a similar learning curve, if you will. A quarterback that comes in, needs work developing as a passer, but brings a lot in the running game. 
I don't know when, when Anthony Richardson's going to start. Will it be day one? Will it be halfway through this year? Will it be year two? But ultimately, I feel comfortable that he landed in the right place with the right coach. And that's all you can ask for. So now it's up to Anthony Richardson to absorb and to grind the way that Jalen Hurts did. We talked about it. Infamous work ethic. Showing up with the briefcase every day. First in, last out. That's what Anthony Richardson needs not only to glean from his work ethic, but he needs to get on the phone with Jalen Hurts and say, you know, what do I need to learn about Shane and what allowed you to advance? Beyond that, I love Julius Brents, a big, long uh, cornerback coming out of Kansas State, press man, man guy. Josh Downs, the wide receiver, I think is going to be a really good slot. So productive the last couple of years in North Carolina. You see Brents here, as I mentioned, that second round pick at 44 overall. I, I thought he was the third or fourth best corner in this class. I love Brents. I think he's got a chance to be a real stud in that defensive scheme. Uh, Tommy Adebowale, I love that pick for a defensive end coming out of Northwestern. He's a D-end who I think is going to wind up playing more three technique in the, in the NFL than he did in college, and that's where he was dominant, including that Ohio State game that really turned me on to him in terms of what he can do. I didn't think there was a chance he was going to last until the fourth round. I had heard maybe early third, but they got a steal with Adebowale in the fourth round at pick 110 overall. All right, Mel, let's go to the Jets, who we finally found a landing spot for Will McDonald, 15th overall to the New York Jets. What did you make of their entire haul? Yeah, it wasn't a Kuiper stunt after all, Todd, when I had him eighth to Atlanta, right? It was not that bad. Yeah, uh, yeah Will McDonald, if you can get after the quarterback, you saw Buffalo's defense after Von Miller got hurt. It really affects your team and ability to win. you got to get heat in that. Will McDonald can do that. So they, they didn't get the offensive line, and it didn't fall right. But then you get Joe Tittman. I know, Todd, you're higher on Tittman than I am. I didn't like the fact he was on the ground too much for my liking. He's an athletic kid. We'll see how he fits in at center guard. Carter Warren didn't stay healthy this year. Unfortunately, got hurt. But he had 39 career starts. What will he be at left tackle moving forward? Hopefully he develops into a, a starter at some point. And then late in the draft, I think, uh, Zach Coon, a tight end with skill. And you think about, you know, the Jets, you think about where they are with Aaron Rodgers, that tight end position, that's, he looks to that spot, he goes to that spot. Coons could have, if he can stay healthy, some balls coming his way on a pretty regular basis if he can develop quickly. So I gave him a solid grade. Uh, I didn't have any problem with what they did after they get the offensive lineman early. They did get two guys coming in in Tipman and Warren who should help that offensive line at some point over the next couple of years. You know what I'm going to remember from the 2023 NFL draft is when I got kicked off the ABC, ABC set the first night for the Jonas Brothers. You know, they'll tell me that, no, we wanted you to have an opportunity with Kuiper. I, I knew my place. The Jonas Brothers were there. They needed room on the desk. So I go trudging through the crowd down to the ESPN desk, and I'm picks 13 through 15. We already had the flip-flop between Green Bay and New York. I've got my guy Joe Douglas with the Jets coming on pick 15. The best part is I get to show up, and Will Levis is still on the board. So I'm needling Kipe. I'm giving it to him, right? We're talking about who, who's going to go here. We got the Patriots jumping in. Steel, you know, the Steelers, sorry, jumping in. The Patriots moving out, kind of sticking it to the Jets there. So we got a lot to talk about. The t- offensive tackle's not on the board. Where are the Jets going to go? I got Levis still waiting in the room. He's not going to go this pick. So I know I'm leaving the set. And I got Kuiper all red in the face because he's bothered about Will Levis. 
and then they go with Will McDonald. Old McDonald with that pick. It was wonderful. And it was it's like the whole draft came full circle at that pick 15 for me. I'll never forget that cut. What instincts right there. What producing on our part there to make it all happen during that sweet exactly. spot of when Todd. Thank you, Jonas Brothers. Well done. All right, Todd, I'm going to come right back to you, and we'll dive down. We'll jump down to the Atlanta Falcons. By the way, the Jets with a B grade. The Atlanta Falcons who – I got to say, Todd, there were a few picks that just going into the draft, I thought to myself, were almost too good to be true. B. John Robinson going to the Atlanta Falcons at eighth overall, a team that could use some running back help, a team that you know wants to run the crap out of the ball, takes the most talented player at the position, and he goes eighth overall, should be a very busy man out of the gates. Yeah, it didn't matter where Bijan went. I was going to applaud the team that drafted him and just threw the running back thing. I threw Kuyper's first round rule out the window he's he was the number two player on my board they got him at eight he's a star right away for Atlanta and don't forget this might be the best young trio in the NFL with Bijan at running back Drake London at wide receiver Kyle Pitts at tight end the last three first round picks listen Desmond Ritter I don't mean to put you on the spot brother but like if you can't get it done with these three guys around you it's going to be time to move on. So Atlanta's going to find out a lot about what it has at quarterback in 2023. After after that, I love the Matthew Bergeron pick because he's a tackle in college, could play tackle. You can kick him into guard as well. I think he's a plug-and-play starter from day one. Zach Harrison, very very much a traits guy. Late in his career, if you go back and look at like the final seven games, I think it was eight and a half tackles for loss, three and a half sacks versus zero in the first seven or eight games. He He really came on late in his career. Physically, he looks the part. Great straight line speed. He's got length. He's got bulk strength. And Zach Phil or Clark Phillips, the third, I should say, coming in the fourth round. I think he's going to be a slot starter, a cornerback for them. If not in year one, then year two. So I really like their draft, and it started with Bijan, an absolute star at the running back position. B minus was the grade from Mel. Let's go to the Raiders next. Mel, they had pick number seven overall. They land Tyree Wilson. They do not draft a quarterback until the fourth round. What'd you make of what the Raiders did? Yeah, B minus. Wilson, uh, to me, I'm mixed on. Not as high on Wilson as Todd is. Coming off the injury, didn't see that kind of dominance, but hey, they used him in a different way. The Raiders feel like opposite Max Crosby. He'll be really good. Let's hope he is. Michael Mayer, solid pick where they took him. I didn't get the Byron Young that early out of Alabama. Didn't think Trey Tucker would go as early. I know he's a good return man. I suppose his teammate went a little later would be higher than him. Uh, I like Ja'Cory and Bennett in the fourth. Aiden O'Connell in the fourth, just okay for me. I like Christopher Smith. He's a, got a great football IQ. Christopher Smith played the best in their big games. He always showed up huge when it mattered the most. Uh, so I gave them a B-minus grade. I guess a couple reaches there, and we'll see how Wilson develops a defensive end. All right, the Raiders get a B-minus. By the way, Byron Young going 70th overall. That was one of the first moments where you had to remind viewers there were multiple Byron Youngs in the draft. That was the Alabama Byron Young, not the Tennessee Byron Young the yes. pass rusher, who I believe went to the Rams about, what, like 20 picks later, was it was it when he went to L.A.? Uh, but both Byron Youngs hearing their name called during the NFL draft. All right, we go uh, from the Raiders again. They are a B-minus top. We go to the Saints next, a team that I actually love this stat. I hadn't heard it previously. I don't know how I have missed it, but I guess that uh, over the weekend the Saints did make a trade-up, and it continued to streak. It was something like 24 straight trade-ups by GM Mickey Loomis without a single trade really? back in an exercise in which GMs are hoarding <laughs> picks. GM Mickey Loomis says, if I have a guy that I like, 
I'm going to go up there and get him. And sometimes, I mean, certainly when the player hits, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Maybe they overpay on occasion. But I love the conviction from Mickey Loomis. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of conviction. I'll give him that. It's, it's not the way I would do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm more likely to wind up with 12 or 13 picks and yes. quantity. Okay, it, you got to admit you're going to be wrong. But, but listen, I, I, I like what they did. I mean, Brian, Brian Brzee. A defensive tackle at 29, to me, like that's a good pick. I, it was late first, early second. It hasn't all come together for Brzee in terms of being on the field healthy, not dealing with, with off-the-field tragedy like he had this past year with his sister passing, which was terrible to deal with, and he tried to fight through it. But Brzee came in as a more talented player, higher star player than, than Miles um, Murphy, and I think the talent is there. So hopefully it all comes together for Brzee. Isaiah Foskey at defensive end. I just like him as a player. Some some teams I talk to, not sure how instinctive he is, if he's going to continue to get better. Well, he doesn't get have to get a whole lot better. He had seven sacks each of the last two seasons, seven forced fumbles over his career. He is tall, long, powerful, and he is a strong finisher with closing bursts to the quarterback. And a lot of times he's going to knock that ball loose. So with Brzee and Foskey, New Orleans really helped their defensive front, which is getting older in some spots, and I think they really needed to do that. Kendra Miller, too, coming out, running back out of TCU, got injured in that semifinal game against Michigan, but a highly productive this last year after transferring transferring in there. Um, you know, Kendra Miller, to me, is going to wind up being – he's a perfect complement as an interior runner uh, with, with uh, Alvin Kamara. And then eventually, if Kamara's gone, he'll become the number one guy there. So, I like their draft overall. And my favorite player in the draft, Piper, Jake Hayner, the quarterback from Fresno State. Who knows? Maybe in a couple years, we're talking about Hayner as a starter there. But now we're looking at Kendra Miller, who I talked about. Really good vision inside. Strong inside runner. Around 215 pounds. Very good contact balance. And he's got some juice. I don't think he's, you know, he's not an elite speed guy, but you see here, like, just his ability to slalom down the field, pick and slide. I really think he's a talented back. So, and even down to A.T. Perry, I don't know about you, Mel. I, I thought he was going to be like more of a fourth-round receiver. He goes all the way to down to 195 overall. A tall, long playmaker. Got to be more consistent catching the ball. But if you're getting him at 195 in the sixth round, that's something you can work with. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's on the team contributing as a rookie this year. All right, so that brings us to our final team in the draft. I believe the final team to make a pick during the 2023 NFL draft, the San Francisco 49ers. And, Mel, when I was reading your draft recap, everybody's talking about the fact that the 49ers took a kicker 99th overall, Jake Moody. He wasn't even your top-rated kicker. Who was your top-rated kicker? I, I have to ask that question before we dive into the grade. That was Chad Ryan. Maryland oh, boy, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Formerly of Eastern Michigan. Yeah, they went to Bill Belichick and the Patriots. So, right after Moody. Moody's got the big leg, though. Moody had a good year and a yeah. good career at Michigan. But Jair Brown. Take Brown, baby. Out of yeah. Penn State. Didn't test great, but he was a good playmaker to me. Uh, the interception numbers in high school at Lackawanna Junior College and at Penn State were staggering. This kid has a nose for the football. Football's not a flying to his hand. He comes away more interceptions than about anybody. Uh, at the high school, uh, you know, JUCO level, and, and then at Penn State. So if he can continue on to that, uh, doing what he's done throughout all those levels, he's going to be a pro bowler. Uh, I think the other players down the line, Dean Winters, all he did at TCU this year was just show up and make big plays. And he became a key entity on that defense for TCU. Brady Willis could be that H-back guy. Ronnie Bell is a number four, number five. He'll block, he'll give you a Blood and guts football players just loves to play the game. So Jalen Graham Purdue will help out in special teams. So there was no bad draft. 
I, people say, why didn't you give a C, a D? And that, this, this was not a strong draft, and I thought overall the teams handled it, Todd, to the best of their capability. We know next year's going to be a lot better. I, I, don't think, I don't know if you agree or disagree. You have to tell me. I don't think any team deserves a C grade or less. I thought they all did a good job considering the circumstances. No, no, no team that I saw kind of botched it or, or won against the grain yeah. or, you know, reached so far for need. It really was kind of – it was kind of steady across the board. When teams moved down, they got, a, they got compensation for it. When they moved up, they clearly were targeting a player. And in almost every instance, especially the first few rounds when you're trying to get the information, in almost every instance I got information back from people in the league saying, yeah, that guy wouldn't have been there if they didn't move up. So I, I thought it was well handled overall. And, my goodness, it was a fun draft, man. I mean, this, this year was great. Just with all the quarterbacks at the top, your boy Will Levis falling a little bit. I'm not happy for that, but I'm happy he wound up in a good spot in Tennessee. You know, we Hendon Hooker, all the discussion. He winds up in a spot where maybe he can become a starter in Detroit. B. John Robinson, is he going to go in the 20s all the way down to Dallas? He goes number eight. So a lot of the guys we were wondering, are they going to fall? Where are they going to go? The big names of this draft all came off the board quickly and in spots where they can go and truly have an opportunity to have great success moving forward. So a few thoughts here is, uh, first of all, I agree with you guys. I think that what, had, what ends up happening with, uh, with draft grades, at least I personally feel this, is that when a player in like the first eight or ten selections comes out of nowhere, it can disproportionately impact a grade for a team, right? I'm, I don't mean to pick on them, but like when Cleland Furl goes fourth overall a few years ago when he was being mocked at like, you know, 20 or 25, maybe even a bit later, and it certainly seems like that might have been the more appropriate range for him, that can really influence a draft grade. But didn't feel like there was really any player in the first round that was such a shock out of nowhere that we all kind of had our jaws agape following the pick. If you didn't hear your team discussed on this podcast right here, we're going to do a full draft show on TV Tuesday night It'd be 7 p.m. Eastern time, all 32 teams graded. This is the final edition of First Draft. But before we say goodbye, the two of these men have worked tirelessly for the past 12 months. And there is truly no one better at their job than either of these two are at their job. They care deeply about the NFL draft. They were talking about players being drafted in the seventh round with the same depth of knowledge as they were about Bryce Young going first overall. I'm in awe of each of you. We are so lucky to have you here at ESPN, and you guys continue to set the standard. Go enjoy a nap. Go do it. Go on vacation, private island, whatever you guys want to do. I promise you, you have earned it. (laughs) All right, from Mel. Great year. I can't wait to get to see Todd's way too early mock draft. Oh, that'll be out soon. Thursday. Uh, that's, I always look forward to that. Everybody should look forward to that. We're going to start uh, you know, getting to the tape this summer. That's what we spend our time doing during the summer is watching tape. And, and Todd's uh, you know, jet skiing all over. Man, fuck it. I'm jet skiing over Eastern Bay down here on Penn Island. Field. <laughs> You're working hard all summer for us. So we, we appreciate it. all our listeners, all the viewers of the podcast, First Draft Podcast. Get the word out. Spread the word. And we love your loyalty and your dedication to the show. Thank you very much, Todd. Awesome. All right, for Mel and Todd. Well said, Kite. Yeah, well done by both of you. For Mel and Todd, I am Field. We'll be back again next season with First Draft. The chase is on for Caleb Williams and Drake May. Could your team be the lucky winner of that ultimate quarterback sweepstake? ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks. Predicting upsets. Winning my bracket group and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. 
Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. 